Michael Carrick, we hardly knew ye. Um, yes. I'd 66 all... and 0.67% win rate. The best of any manager for United. Ever. Ever. Legend. Well I mean, to be fair, it's a weird thing to call somebody. I, I, the word is a weird word. Michael Carrick's got a sort of fairly decent bona fides to be considered in a proper all-timer. Um, but I don't think he is universally considered to be so still mm. slightly dividing opinions. But the the he won everything, literally he, everything. Five Premier League titles, Champions League, Club World Cup. He won everything, 460-odd games, so he's in the top sort of 15 uh, most appearances for United ever, something like that. I'm making the ranking up, but something like that. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean... I don't know. If it wasn't Michael Carrick who seemed to divide people because of who he followed in that position, yeah, uh, yeah. I think you would look at that record and go, yep, you know, in any other club, they'd be building statues. I mean, there are well, players at yeah. Manchester City who've played far fewer games and won far fewer trophies that have got several statues. Several statues. Several. Are there multiple Yaya Toro statues now? Undoubtedly. Well, you know, one with a cake, one not with a cake. <laughs> Um, I would have swapped Yaya Toro for Michael Carrick at any point, just to say I, love, I like Michael Carrick a lot. But you know, um, anyway, um, yeah, he's gone. Like this is that's I would say yeah, the most seismic thing. That's yeah, Mike a mic drop as it was described to me by a friend of the show. He it was interesting because he had that long hug with Bruno after the end of the game, and yeah, and retrospectively you could go, oh, you know, Bruno must have known that was a farewell hug, but it wasn't because Carrick told the the squad in the dressing room after that unless Bruno mm. just sort of instinctively knew yeah so but always uh, taking always taking the moonshot Bruno isn't he He's... it's interesting that Carrick didn't speak to Rangnick about that at all he'd already made his mind up he didn't want to to be either pressed to go or pressed to stay um he'd promised his family time and we'll see what happens next because he obviously wants to build a coaching career he's been in that role for United for quite some time now so yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe maybe he'll rock up uh, back at the club sometime or at another club. I mean, I think people felt the same when Nicky Butt left his role as head of development, and he hasn't rocked up anywhere else yet. So we'll see. Uh, Ranić said that he talked to Carrick at some length and tried to persuade him to stay. Yeah, um, and yeah, but he uh, he said I have to understand, of course. Uh, oh, Ranić. So from Michael Carrick's farewell chat with the press which was quite emotional and fairly fairly moving I thought and and it's hard to begrudge a man the kind of a break after the amount of time he spent in football uh, do you think United will be sending him a bill for any hotel charges after after this no you oh, I'm getting puzzled looks from Paul here yeah sorry I've missed the story you not you didn't see the Zlatan autobiography story so and not yet no. another it's about the third autobiography Zlatan. Oh, okay so anyway uh one away trip um he uh he took a juice out of the minibar and they uh, docked him a pound from his wages <laughs> <laughs> and, and rightly so <laughs> magnificently petty yeah um <laughs> I mean, anyway, God knows I do, I what those reckon. wages actually were. I know. Um, I mean, it was probably like £495,000 <laughs> that week. Minus yeah. one. Uh, yeah, what yeah I was going to say, you you've taken... Do you, do you, was it Capri Sun? I mean, a pound for a hotel juice is not much. I mean, it's, That's it's, pretty cheap, isn't it? it is, Maybe yeah. a really like small can of mixer, like yeah. a mixer juice. 
Or maybe Zlatan's just made it up like he did everything in his first autobiography. It could well be. <laughs> anyway, Carrick left, emotional farewell. Uh, and then we had Rangnick's first press conference. and, and I watched the whole thing. MTV. Yeah, I know. I was glued to it. Um, interview mm. with MUTV, his press conference. The interview was great. You know, detail. The, you know, the man, the man not only played in England at a very, like, non-league level, um, but is uh, he's obviously a massive Anglophile and student of English football. He seemed to know absolutely everything about the game um, and had a very clear plan already for United. And like any true Anglophile and fan of English football, he continues to call it the Premiership, its rightful name, because <laughs> you can rebrand it all you like, but some of us are stuck in the 90s, and it's nice to see that Ralph is too. Yeah, um, that's brilliant. I, I wonder whether at some point he'll just talk about, you know, these foreigners coming over here, not liking it up them. <laughs> well, it was very sad, actually, when he was asked about his um, uh, coaching staff and stuff, and he said kind of difficult because of the Brexit regulations. So it's just like, oh, anyway. Yeah, um, I don't know how, because it's a point system for players and it's it's quite an easy formula to work out. So you get points for where the country is ranked and the league standard of that country and then mm-hmm. international appearances and stuff like that, right? So you, you get a formula. It just means that very good players from crappy quality leagues slash countries find it very hard to get enough points. And yeah. But if it works like that for managers, Germany obviously ranked very highly. So um, maybe it's different if you're coaching staff. Not sure. Yeah, the other thing he said was that lots of the people that he would normally appoint are in long-term jobs yeah. with big clubs. So, you know, and it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks in, in terms of who he brings in. Because I think there's possibly an argument that if you're in his position, you need a couple of people who are your people as well as retaining some of the institutional knowledge, which is, of course, a mistake that's happened multiple times because every time there's been a managerial uh, shift, apart from the odd goalkeeping coach who got retained, pretty much all the coaching staff have just um, swapped over time and time again. So it doesn't yes. it doesn't I mean, seem like that's happening this time, does it? Doesn't, it doesn't, and it's a six-month contract, so it'd be very hard for the club to go, yeah, we're going to ship everyone out and then ship yeah. everyone in and ship everyone out again. Um, so, yeah. You can kind of understand the need for continuity and then it just means a lot's going to be on Ragnick to get his ideas across in not very much time um, because, yeah, United can't stand still uh, and there's games every three days up until Christmas and he has about, what, eight or nine days because of the way the fixtures have have kind of fallen um, in between Newcastle and whatever the one is before that one on the 18th and one on the 27th I think so he's got he's got that time for coaching and then he, he's got before the Champions League starts up again in the new year he's got a week and a week and a week so. mm-hmm. yeah and then and then, and then Champions League just no all the time at all home. yeah yeah um so I, I suppose it's worth talking a little bit about some of the detail that came out of the the thing one of the things I thought was notable was um that he had a long conversation with Solskjaer a 90 minute conversation with right. Solskjaer which I think, again, speaks to this thing that the Ranić appointment for the first time is potentially an appointment that builds on what went before rather than tries to destroy everything that went before. I know I know, some people, I suppose probably not that many people listening to this, but, but there are a, a cohort of people who cannot conscience anything positive being said about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's time as manager. But I think most 
most United observers would say there were some good things about Solskjaer's time in charge and it would be useful that that isn't just completely jettisoned but is added to by a manager who has tactical smarts. Yes, and, and, and in a sense, I mean, look, I think with um, many managerial appointments, what happens is you swing from pole to pole. The clubs go, well, that didn't work. We'll move to something else. Um, and, and that has happened with United or, or sometimes it's just, uh, you know, what's available and who they can get yeah. out there. And, and in a sense, that's true of Rangnick. He's available. They could get him. It seems like Murta had driven this because he's a big fan, you know. More points for Murta. I don't know much about him. <laughs> he doesn't seem to have the power he should have as a director of football, but he's he's seen the light, you know, and and um, and it seems, I'm just reading between the lines, don't know this, but it seems that the power battle that had happened over Edward Wood staying or not versus Richard Arnold taking over has been won by Richard Arnold. And Richard Arnold is smart enough to know what he doesn't know. Yeah. So, Which is Woodward's worst failing yeah. by by a margin, I would say, in his time in charge. Um so the 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 kind of the conversation with Ollie is interesting and it speaks to that thing of like, you know, Solskjaer's exit interview with MUTV and the whole kind of trying not to burn bridges and all that, which is good good all good stuff. And and I'm sure Solskjaer has useful things to say to Ranyik, who I would also suspect would pass that through a filter rather than taking yeah. it as gospel. Sort I'm, of thing. I'm sure, but the one thing that Ragnik did take from Ollie, um, and it must have been like at least 86 minutes worth of the 90 minute call, was you're only allowed to bring Donny van der Beek on for a four or five minute <laughs> cameo. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um one of the other interesting details that uh that obviously um I thought the questions were generally pretty good from the assembled journalist Andy Andy Mitten. I laughed a lot when Andy Mitten said, What do you know about the history of this club? I was like, Oh, that's uh looking for any specific angle of quotes, are you? Like just, you know, anything in the kind of biggest club in the world, Real Mandy. Anything anything like anyway. Um uh so that was but it was generally a, a good set of questions. And of course, he was asked about this two years afterwards. Now he seemed, Ranić seemed to be playing with a fairly straight bat all the way through. It was a, He was prepared to talk about things. He seemed to want to talk to an extent. With, whenever the two years thing came up, it was like, yeah, we haven't talked about that. And I was, at that point, you're thinking, what, what, what? Like, wouldn't you want to... Aren't, aren't some of those details really important? At one point, he even said, I might, at the end of this six months, if it's going well make the same recommendation I made twice at Leipzig, which was to give me the job. Yeah. Was he going to interview himself? Um, Yeah. I I did wonder with that how firmly his tongue was in his cheek, you know, because I think he's got a little bit of a cheeky personality. And um, I was wondering whether he was just playing with the the press there a little bit. Um, Because I'm sure they talked about the details. I mean, it can't just be, yeah, we'll sign you on a consultancy contract for five million a year or whatever it is. Because he was on a really big contract at Locomotive Moscow. Right. And, and rightly so, he said, well, you want me, you have to match this in some way because I'm old and that's security. Yeah. You know, and I, I think he'd be right to do that. And then if the club, club are smart enough, they'll they'll get something proper out of that consultancy role. And it won't just be advisory going into Murta going into Joel Glazer or filtered through Richard Arnold and, you know, the same old, same old. So we'll see, won't we? And in the meantime, he's got a 
he's just got a he's 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 got a you know turn United around on the pitch. Although Carrick has helped that being undefeated in the three games, for sure. There's a bit more confidence, and then today against Palace, I mean, I think we saw some hints. You know, there was definitely energy for an hour. Um, they're probably not fit enough to to carry out the Gingham press for for the full ninety. Yeah, well, drilled, drilled enough as much as anything. Oh, else. drilled enough. Yeah, who's who's the trigger? Because it does. It's not going to be Ronaldo. And and Rangnick talked about Ronaldo. Said, yeah, you know, he's he's in my plans, sort of thing. I, I'm and he, horribly and he's misquoting in there. He's but, incredibly fit for a thirty-six year old. Yeah, is what he was saying. Basically. Exactly. He did say that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, who's the trigger on that? And and you know, get the dr- the drills going. And the other thing, the the real Rangnick uh, sort of signature we saw was the narrow formation, the four-two-two-two which he's pulled out frequently as his other teams. And and he did that and talked very, I mean, you know, two minutes in the press conference, gave absolute clarity on the tactics uh, and his approach. Uh, and I have to say, I'm not whacking Ollie for the sake of beating him when he's down, but it was more clarity than we've heard from Ollie in the last three years. You know, uh, absolutely. Just, just and really clear about why he did that and the kind of control he wanted to get from it. Like I can't wait for Carl to get back into those press conferences. Basically, that was that was my main takeaway because, like, it's going to be have it's going to be good having someone in those press conferences to ask the questions about the tactics. Because yeah, you just uh, want you know, to ask he, an open ended question and let him talk. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 he'll answer questions about tactics as well, which is you know, you know, sometimes in life you just got to admit what you are, and ultimately, I'm. At least, when it comes to football, I'm at least 50% a football nerd. So I like hearing them talk about the nerdy stuff. You know, it's the, it's, it's interesting and it gives you more insight into things than, oh yeah, the lads have tried really hard and, you know, they're playing for the DNA of this club and we love last minute comebacks. And, you know, Ranić's take on the Arsenal game was kind of interesting. He was saying, you know, there were some good things and some bad things and we sort of, lacked a little control <laughs> yep. he said something like I'm going to try and help them keep the ball as far away from our box as possible it's like yeah that's the thing they need most of all because when it's near our box they don't they do not respond well they don't like no, it at and all. The, the great thing about Palace I'm going to talk a little bit about Arsenal because there were some interesting things there as well but the great yeah. thing about the Palace game was that United weren't broke on once not once mm-hmm. never left any space in behind for Palace while pushing as high up the pitch as possible. Um, and he yes, was very not... clear about why he played Bruno and Sancho narrow in order to you know, stop those attacks from the front and, and also control that midfield. Because, you know, uh, Fred had a decent game. McTominay, one hilarious uh, time when he had the option to play the ball out to Dallow on the right. It really should have gone inside the fullback and he went outside the fullback and and kicked it into touch. And it was just like, yeah, that's Scott all over. You know, hard to keep control when you haven't got the ball because you're kicking it into touch. Sorry to some of our Insta followers who didn't <laughs> don't like that discussion. Um, but anyway, you know, he was just very clear about why, why he set up that way and what he was trying to do. He was trying to um, use uh, Rashford's play, play, pace for the vertical ball, you know, the ball in behind, keep... Um, keep Palace honest and then and retain possession in midfield. And it, it basically worked. I mean, it turned into, a, as a result, a kind of boring game, honestly. But so. but it was boring, but it wasn't like Louis van Gaal boring, right? It wasn't um, 
stod stolid and players not being able to break beyond the ball and you know those kinds of things because I was thinking that when you were talking about them not not counter-attacking it was um I I was not I mean I did have another match on on a different tv so that maybe helped but I wasn't too bored watching this game no no it's just it, it didn't have the excitement of Arsenal and and you know clearly United needed to needed to not have that excitement um, and it's a clean sheet, and it's the first clean sheet at home since when, Paul? You were looking it up last season, uh, sometime. So yeah, so unless I'm, I've missed one when I was scrolling back. There was there was one uh, in the Europa League at the back end of last season. Was it Groningen? Did I say anyway? I think Granada. that might have been them. Granada, that's right. We didn't play Groningen. Yeah, so we 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 kept a clean sheet in that that, and but the last league game that they kept clean sheet at home was the fourteenth of March. <laughs> against David Moyes' West Ham United. 14th of March is a really long time ago. We're really nearly into next year, and March is pretty early in the year. Like, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. you know... Last it's, time I checked the calendar, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is just a stress. March is, long, is a long time ago. So, a clean sheet at home is quite something. And by the way, saying a clean sheet at home has been a long time would imply that there were loads of clean sheets away in that time. There were not. There were no. one or two, but certainly no. not a lot. On the creative side, United didn't create. I mean, plenty of shots in this game, but I, I think a lot of speculative stuff. Not a lot yeah. of high quality opportunities. I mean, no. even the Fred goal is a low quality chance, and it's on his right foot, so it's a very low quality <laughs> chance. I don't and think the models take account of that. <laughs> it's Fred, so and it's know. Fred taking yeah. his, as Bruno said, one shot per year. <laughs> So harsh. He scored against Leeds <laughs> with with friends like these. I know. I know. Uh, Bruno does love to make fun of Fred. Who he seems does. To take it in um, excellent he does. spirits. He has a very dry sense of humour. Yeah. Um, so look, uh, I mean, loads of positives for Rangnick to take away. You know, not even Harry Maguire was able to ruin that. Um, sorry, Harry. Yeah. He, t- he took a whack at the end of the game. I was like, yeah, he's been playing like that all season. So, Yeah, Harry Maguire's natural state is a bandage wrapped around his head. Him and McTominay, they've both got they've both got the style of football that you would expect them to play with bandages wrapped around their heads fairly frequently. Um the the Arsenal game was was like way more fun. Um right from Arsenal's goal, which was really, really funny. I mean, I'm I know I know that we're not supposed to find Miss Manchester United misfortune funny, but it was really funny because Fred tackled De Gea, injured him, <laughs> and then they scored a goal. I know. I mean, it was it was completely ridiculous, and and you know a lot of chat um, on social media, obviously. But I think right. uh, cl- clearly the the right decision from a refereeing point of view. He hadn't stopped the game. He didn't call a foul because there wasn't one, and there's nothing in the laws of the game that says you have to stop the game. For an injury, I mean, they're, they ha- they're supposed to for a head injury, but just anything else, you wait till the ball's dead and it just happened to be the keeper. They don't actually, in the laws of the game, have some special protection. So there's all of that. And then I suppose there's the kind of sportsman, you know, type. You know, Emil Smith-Rowe could have just stopped it, caught it and gone. He might not have seen down. it. Might he not he might legitimately it. not have seen it. There's a lot of people between him and, maybe. Him and De Gea. Maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> Yeah, he could have pulled a Di Canio, couldn't he? And, uh, it, sure. But, I mean, what would have actually been good is if Arsenal had stopped and let us score let a goal. Score. It, yeah. it would have just been really interesting seeing Ronaldo, like, t- 
fighting tooth and nail to be the one that put the back at the ball in the back of the net for his stats. <laughs> and Fred steaming in to whack it over from three yards out, yeah. Uh. <laughs> and Arsenal being like, we've given you one chance, we're not giving you another one. Um, but that didn't happen, but we didn't need them to because a fantastic piece of play from Sancho um, to find Fred and a very fine ball from Fred to Bruno um, who who did well with the finish. I thought it was an an excellent goal, one of the better goals yeah. we've scored this season. Yes, and then um, then came the penalty. No, no, it's Ronaldo's no, the, first goal was not yeah. a penalty. Then there's a penalty later, yeah. So the Ronaldo's first goal came from a cutback from the right-hand side um, and he sort of steered it in. Was that from uh, Dallow or...? Yeah, it might have been. Might oh, have been. it might have been. Um, it was Dallow that did the reverse pass. Dallow did the uh, excellent reverse pass, yeah. And yeah, I maybe to Rashford. Remember. Rashford or Greenwood. I can't remember. Greenwood, maybe. Not Green. Yeah. No, not no, Greenwood, because no, he, he only played, he played today. Yeah, um, anyway, anyway. Someone. Someone yeah. got the assist, and we can't remember. But it was a good um, goal. But it was a good, good goal, good, yeah. Good nicely finish. worked. And then the pen, I mean, not... No, like, then they scored. They scored they to make it 2 all because yeah. we went... We went. <laughs> you don't remember this game at all, well, do you? Well, I'm just saying, it's so much chaos, I don't remember the order of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so they scored, we scored, we scored, they scored, we scored, I believe is the order it went in. I could be wrong about that, but I seem to remember them equalising pretty quickly afterwards uh, with a well-worked goal themselves no calamitous united defending if i recall correctly uh, in this one um it's just a very entertaining game of football all around and then and then a, an an absolute nailed on pen uh, pen on a nailed on pen on fred um who ended up with an assist at both ends and creating a penalty and was probably legitimately man of the match in spite of taking out our goalkeeper for their opening goal which is quite some doing he had a hand in all five goals fred did <laughs> So, <laughs> what did he do for their second? Um, I cut. Did he give the ball away? I was chatting with someone on Twitter about this. I think he maybe gave the ball away. Um, so, but it was uh, there was a lot going on with Fred, as there often is. Uh, I think, um, you know, c- coming back to our previous conversation, he, Rangnick will have him in the team every week. Yeah, and just because the amount of pressures, and and he definitely thrives in a in a system where he's given a little more license to move forward. I mean, we don't want him at number ten because <laughs> he can't use the ball, but mm. um, certainly, uh, certainly where he's not the defensive midfielder, he's he's a better player. Yeah, uh, if he could pass, he'd be a great player, but he can't really. He can sometimes. He can sometimes, but not with yeah. any level of consistency. Which is yeah. a bit of an issue. Um, so, yeah, that was that was that game. I thought it was nice Ronaldo to see Bruno playing well. Not Bruno. Yeah. We've had oh, one yeah. pen previously, which Bruno skied. Yeah. Um, under pressure from Ronaldo looking at him. <laughs> um, and then Ronaldo's... I mean, it's harsh, isn't it? Miss one pen and you're, you're off. Because I bet if Ronaldo misses one, Bruno's not back on. No way oh, he's now- getting them back. Ronaldo scored his 800th and 801st league Phenomenal. goal or yeah, club goal, goal. Or, or club goal, goal. Cl- no um, All professional goal, goal. professional right, goal right. yeah yes i mean some commentary about how many exactly um uh, pele got and romario got but uh, a lot of pele's goals as has been widely noted come came in sort of friendly and exhibition matches so um yeah, FIFA's recognised stats, but now Ronaldo on top with 801. Whatever, it's a phenomenal record, given that for the first sort of two seasons of his time at United, two and a half seasons at his time at United, he didn't really score that many goals. Mm. Um, and he's, yeah, testament not only to his longevity, but the quality of finishing. And in latter years, he's 
unmitigated selfishness in front of goal. <laughs> just, like, just there isn't a shot Ronaldo hasn't liked the look of. Uh, yeah. Ever. Um, yeah. The thing is, he can put him away. So you forgive him, don't you, for that? Yeah, for that. Um, the the yeah, he's a phenomenon. He's an unbelievable. One of the all-time greats, obviously. Well, well done, him. Etc. Um, We're clipping that and putting it out. For fifteenth autobiography, you just leave. You got to leave in the facial expressions. That's all I ask. I <laughs> yeah, yeah, do we'll that. do that on a podcast. Um, yeah. So um, then comes Palace, uh, which I. I I think was always going to be a reasonably significant test given how good, just how good Palace have been this season. I know I kind of say this on the backers content every week, but they've hardly played badly all season, Palace. Um, Conor Gallagher has been in unbelievable form. Zaha's super dangerous. I don't know if Eze was on the bench in this game, but... Yeah, he came on late back, on, yeah. Right, yeah. So he's been back back on the bench and um, it's really nice to say. I hope he can be back to something of his best because... You know, given what he did in the Hodgson team, what he'll do in this team could be really exciting to watch. Um, yeah, but yeah, the the it's always going to be difficult. They are they are they have conceded a lot of goals, but they haven't been anywhere near like calamitous at the back. I don't think. No, and um, and they are, and the thing they're dangerous doing is breaking. I mean, they do have a yeah. lot of pace up front. Are you Benteke? Let's Benteke and Zaha. Mm. Um, not I mean, Benteke at he's all. Not quick, he's not quick. <laughs> no. yeah. um, but Ayu and Zaha are, and um, Eze is when he's back fit. I mean, certainly sort of playing in those half spaces and coming from midfield. And um, so, you know, they are they are built to cause United problems. And, and there was a stage, certainly during this game, that it looked like it was going to be a sort of Palace get a chance off a free kick and scored the one, and United can't make the breakthrough. And they had a very good chance just before Fred scored, where, was it Gallagher put the ball across? Um, and and you yeah. And you missed it, yeah. Um, but apart from that, they hardly created anything, Palace. Mm. Yeah. Um, there was a dodgy one in the first half with the, with the tackle. Was it a tackle on Fred? Yes. Um, that looked Late. pretty dodgy to yeah. me. It looked um, like an orange, didn't it? It was, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and then uh, Greenwood comes on on the right for Sancho, um, and then Rashford was off for someone else, um, and he played uh, Bruno on the left of midfield, kind of at that point, and he kind of switched to a four-two-two-four-two-four-four-two. Um, but that yeah, was where the goal Elang- came from. Elanga came on for Rashford. That's right. Oh, yeah, of course. That's really, that's an important one. Yeah, that's interesting. Thing, yeah. yeah. And I, like, every time I've seen Elanga, I've been impressed with him. Yeah, me too. And um, it's interesting. He hasn't gone out on loan because he's probably too good for the under-23s. But he's clearly with the um, yeah, training with the first team. And Rangnick has liked what he's seen and got him on the pitch for 15 minutes, which is more sadly than for Bray. <laughs> yeah, more than Donny's got in quite some time. Well, not that long because he's been the, in the yeah, first team quite a lot lately. Really. It doesn't even count. It doesn't count. No. Does it count? And the, uh, one of the things that Rangnick was, the, the, the really stupid, the one really stupid question that Rangnick was asked in his press conference sounded like a Norwegian journalist to me, um, which was about uh, Alf, Alfinger Haaland? No. Uh, Erling Haaland 
Um, We've got more chance of saying signing our finger, by the way. <laughs> yeah, uh, Erling Haaland, who was, he was asked about his friendship, and he was asked. Um, he said the journalist said there were reports that you are on a bonus if United sign Haaland. And he's like, Randy was like, "Yep, yeah, I get ten million if we sign Haaland. I get ten million if we sign Mbappe. <laughs> <laughs> ten million if we sign Joshua Kimmich." <laughs> I know that one plucked out. I was like, "Huh, maybe that one is really it's the double bluff." <laughs> Yeah, like if we signed Joshua Kimmich, I'd be happy. That'd be the one that would make me happiest out of all of those, to be honest. Because the other thing, because the thing he he said, of course, everyone knows Haaland is an amazing player. Two years ago, only we knew Haaland was an amazing player, but now everyone knows this. Yeah, um, I, I mean, by uh, the way, but, I mean, it's, it's a stupid conversation, but United should just throw whatever money. Uh, it doesn't matter if you have to give fucking Mino Raiola 20 million to get him in. This this guy is going to score hundreds of goals. And and that would be great. But the thing that I liked about what Ranić said more than anything else is United are incredibly well stocked in attacking yeah. departments. This is it's not true. where they need to strengthen. And of course, you'd buy Haaland if you could. But um, they don't need to buy Haaland. It would be lovely. They need to buy a flipping central midfielder. And they need to do that in January. He gave the classic... Yes. January answer, obviously, of like uh, hard to do business, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, which yeah, there's is been true. a lot of reporting, which you know I have to say has been of the um, unconvincing nature of things, uh, which is like basically linking United with every Red Bull Leipzig, sorry RB Leipzig player going and all the midfielders. So um, I'm discounting all of that. It seems that football journalism really should be labelled opinion. And um, because <laughs> it's because it is, it's just without the danger of getting sued for libel. Um, anyway, cynical take, but yes, yeah, there's been a lot of that and speculation. And, and I'm sure he'll look at United's midfield resources and go, it's really light. It's desperately light. You know, Matthews has played a couple of games recently, but he, he you know, he's, he's been gone for some time. And we know Fred and McTominay's limitations. And will we ever see Pogba again? I don't know. It's, yeah. The, the the thing that I thought was kind of interesting is that uh, I remember you saying earlier this season, every single top coach in the world, given United's starting eleven, would be playing McTominay and Fred because you have to, not because it's a good thing, but because that's there's really no option. It was interesting that Rennick started with McTominay and Fred, and I think we're going to see a lot of the two of them and. Uh, it very much like Klopp starting 11s when he got to Liverpool. This isn't because he thinks they're great. It's because what what are you going to do? Otherwise, like what else could you do realistically? Yes, yes. If they miraculously pull off a deal for a you know a an all round defensive midfielder um, who's able to pass the ball and defend, great. I mean, you'd have them in the team straight away, but. Uh, it seems it seems unlikely, but it, it ought to be part of Rangnick's um, consultancy remit to go and help make that happen. I would say after the end of the season, and and it depends whether United make the Champions League. I mean, you know, it's it's his first game, but there's just no points to play with already. No, it's um, true. You know, a third of the way into the season, I I, I think there are actually though, because I think there's gonna. Well, the one problem is that that uh, Spurs got Conte who gets a lot of points all the time. Um, but, but everyone else, I think West Ham are going to start, they, they had an amazing result this weekend, but they've got about 17 defenders injured. And I think they're going to start dropping points and might start dropping fairly precipitously. Um, you don't, uh, Arsenal, I, I, I guess, 
Arsenal might be consistent this season, but given that they just lost to us 3-2, I'm going to suggest that they're probably not going to be particularly consistent either. Um, and, and at the moment, it's only Spurs and West Ham that are above us anyway. Um, Arsenal obviously have a game in hand, and if they win that, they will go above us. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I don't When I say they're the only ones above us, I'm obviously mean for that fourth spot, which is what we're competing for, right? So, anything else meaningful to say about this Crystal Palace game, Ed? No. No. Ah, I'd say no. so. A a fantastic goal from Fred. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. It Brilliant little cutback from Mason Greenwood, who, like, right for was, he was so upset that he, there was no shot on. You can see him, like, looking. He, he, you could, like, a, like imagine a Terminator 2-style heads-up display where he's, like, looking for a tiny microscopic gap, like, none found. It all flashes red, pasta Fred. Yeah, really yeah. sad face. But then he, Fred Mason did that. finished, what, sixth or seventh in the... Um... In the uh, Ballon d'Or, Junior Ballon d'Or, whatever it's called. Oh, nice. The, the Copper or the Cod, Cod, I can't remember what it's called anyway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting season for Mason. So, not scoring at the rate perhaps we'd like to. Obviously, not playing centrally because, because you know. We never has, really. No. Um, although, you know, I, I reckon he would have played centrally quite a lot this season if United hadn't made that last minute trolley dash for Ronaldo. Um, and he's had COVID recently, so he's missed a couple of weeks of matches. Yeah, but it's good to see him back. Good to see him back, yeah, because COVID can, you know, ruin the season for players, as Dean Henderson will attest. He's not had a sniff. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, not had a sniff is probably an unfortunate turn of phrase, given I imagine he had a runny nose for at least some of it. But anyway, um, the... the, um, the the consequences of this game... Oh, yeah, we were talking about um, points, the number of points yeah. that they were to play with. and So, um, United on 24 points, and that's 11 behind City, who are top of the table after this weekend's results. The expected points are quite a lot lower than that. It's kind of weird oh, yeah. that United are, 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 in theory, overperforming, <laughs> given oh, how yeah. poor the performance I've... has been. But, yeah. yeah. But that's that's I think that's really clear. There's been yeah. a, a, a couple of snatched victories or draws that could easily have been losses. Exactly. That kept yeah. kept Solskjaer in a job Longer as long as than, he did. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. So, um, but you know, the the thing looking at the schedule now for Rangnick, even though it's really busy, there are some you know medium tough. But we're not playing Liverpool, City, and Chelsea in the in the run upcoming. I mean, he's going to be able to get his feet into into the job. That doesn't make any sense. Get his feet under the table. Get he can get his into feet the into the job. He <laughs> could. Yeah. That's um, what you need to do. If the, the actual, that's what the players need to do. When well, a new true. player comes, they need to get there. Donny van der Beek <laughs> needs to get his feet under the job. Hey, um, why did the Stretford End love Donny van der Beek so much? Like, I, I feel generally pretty positive about Donny van der Beek. Yeah. But, there's no evidence. I mean, they, we saw what he's like at Ajax, but the, the Stretford End will sing his name at the absolute drop of a hat. They, they will. I, I, and is it? Is it not? I mean, I was being a little cynical in the WhatsApp group by calling it a pity. F- isn't it something a bit like that? It's he's not had a he's not had a shout. He's not had a chance in the team. And this ridiculous thing of bringing him on with five minutes to go, which happens a lot. I, I wonder whether it is just there is just partly it's like everything's been terrible and he hasn't been in the team. Ergo. It's somehow that must yeah. somehow he must be good therefore um and just this sense that there's a player in there that it's hard to shake about van der beek it's like 
there's a player in there, right? There's a player. I, surely there's a player in there. That's, you know, that feeling um, and, and a desire to show some support. But it's, it's really noticeable. Um, you know, you talked about the, the run that we've got and it's almost as if the club were waiting for that absolutely unconscionably awful run of fixtures to be out of the way to sack their struggling manager and bring in somebody who knows what they're doing. Yes, mind you doing that over the international break and then starting with Watford in the bottom three might have been the time to do it as well. But that's all in the past. We don't need to relitigate <laughs> just how sensible United are in their planning and stuff like that. So, and you know, look, it's, 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 it's not as if United haven't struggled with games against teams like Wolves and Brighton and stuff in the past. So they're not all gimmies or anything like that. But you'd have that rather than a trip to Anfield or something like that right now for a new manager. Uh, sure, sure, they don't don't play anyone currently above them in the league um, until the 22nd of January. And they don't play anyone you'd expect to finish above them in the league until the 5th of March. Man City. I mean, I'm just going to read out a list of names of clubs here, but it's like Norwich, Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley, Wolves, Villa, West Ham, Burnley, Southampton, Leeds, Watford. Like, I, I'm not saying we're going to win all those games. I don't think we are going to win all those games. Um, and Brentford away, just to pick one at random, I think is going to be a really tricky fixture. Um, and a number of them will. But but that is that is after a really difficult run, a run where... Now we're really going to see whether this season is going to be a disaster or not, right? Because if this run of fixtures is bad, then yes, this season is a disaster and a write-off. But if we have a, a decent run in this run, then we could easily be fourth come the end of January. Yeah, that's um, that's right. And and Ranjik will have had some time to, to work his uh, tactical magic, you know, something like that. Uh, we play young boys in a game that really is a proper dead rubber. Um, it is a dead rubber, except for you know United would preferably finish top of that group because in theory you'll get um, not one of the big, really big boys. I mean, I, I think we'd probably like to avoid Bayern Munich, wouldn't we? In the in the next round, I suppose. Yes, please. Yeah, I mean, it's not like anyone expects United to win this competition. Um, but with some tactical jiggery-pokery and all of that kind of stuff in cup games, you never know how far they could go. No one expected Frank Lampard's Chelsea to win the Champions League. And yes, well, until Thomas they sacked Tuchel's. Frank Lampard. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, exactly, that's what I mean. Like, you know, nobody expects United to win the Champions League, but hey, you know, Tuchel did it at Chelsea last season with not that much better a squad than United have got now, or certainly yeah. a squad with kind of some significant imbalances to it. So it's not like it can't be done, although, of course. That's right. Uh, and the team, I, I don't know. I mean, um, is this one where Ronaldo gets a rest? We'll see. Probably sure. not, but it should be, probably. No, I think, I bet, I don't, I right. won't, he won't start that game. Cavani's bet, yeah. not been anywhere near being fit, and it's, it's nah. really deeply frustrating because we wanted to see more of him, and he's just yeah. not, you know, it, it, and the same last season as well. He was, he was, Know, signed late and then not fit for large parts of it. And presumably, if this continues, he won't get another contract, whether he wanted so. to sign one or not. Um, so that's a shame. Um, interesting that Tellez and Dallo have done okay in the team. I think um, Dallo's looked really good, I would I say. I mean, especially going forward. I mean, he puts, he puts decent balls in. He's he's He likes to get forward. He's positive. He's proactive. He doesn't cut back all the time. Um, he's not, um, you know, like... He, I haven't seen him make some grandiose last-ditch tackle 
flicking out those spider legs and all that, but but that's not his game. And and also in the setup that Vranjic has, that's the out ball, the fullbacks. They played like wingbacks. I think he said yep. it after the game. They played like wingbacks, and yeah, and um, you can't do that with uh, Wambazaka. So yeah, it's a good option. It's good. It's good that he's come in and done okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, after the young boys game, which I. I think we'll see heavy rotation for because it's not even guaranteed that even if we lost this game we would end up not topping the group because we're three points ahead of Villarreal right now right um, and they can't score at all yeah at the moment. so so yeah we'll, we'll we'll see what happens there I, I I would imagine it will be I wouldn't you know a couple of seasons ago I said I would have said this would be a game that Juan Mata plays in he is still in the squad but him playing a game seems really, really unlikely at this. Why is he still in the squad? Like, what? We are a weird, weird, weird football club. What was the game he came on for not that long ago? He got like five minutes at the end of one of the games. Was it in Villarreal? So I don't I, remember. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't to, tell you either. This is the quality against, of stuff you come he, for, folks. He, he played against Liverpool in 2015 at Anfield, who's really good. Um, there you go. That's what I remember about what matters Man United career. Um, uh, yeah, Villarreal, by the way, lost at Sevilla. They're not in a good. They even lost to Barcelona. I mean, you know, it's got to be it's bad times when that happens. And they're in a difficult moment. Um, they are. To quote Juan Mata, who spent his entire United career in a difficult moment. Apart from that time, he did that one-footed glide in his first game. Do you remember that? Oh my yeah. god! I can still see the gif of that. The the dew glistening off the grass as he just. I mean, it's one of the most extraordinary things I've ever seen on a football pitch. And yeah. yeah. Where I mean, Matt's sinewed, oily body there for you to... No. <laughs> so it just seemed to have very much got the wrong end of the stick about this, Ed. I'm <laughs> admiring the technical grace, not the, oh. you know, not the overall aesthetic impression. Um, the uh, He's not going to play anyway. But, no, he's not. Uh, and then, I think it'd, it'd be interesting to see if Lingard plays because he's not had... Um, much of a chance this season despite staying at the club uh, whoever's decision that was for that to happen so um yeah if he's just going to wait out his contract fine if not play him use him yeah um then we play Norwich who had been on uh, you know this uh four game unbeaten streak it was a sort of extraordinary turn of events for them um but lost 3-0 today um to uh to Tottenham including an absolute Thraker from Lucas Moura after oh, 10 minutes. That was some hit, wasn't it? Yeah. And Davinson Sanchez, we'll talk about this on the Patreon, I guess, but Davinson Sanchez scored in that game and did the, yeah, what of it celebration, which I do not believe centre-backs should ever do. Centre-backs should go loopy when they score a goal because, you know, you're going to score what? Like, you know, probably going to score 30 top-flight goals in your career. Go mad! Like, yeah. And definitely don't do what uh, Maguire did, which is stick your fingers in your ears and then cup your finger, your hands to your ears in a I'm not listening to you, uh, what are you saying now kind of something <laughs> it's, celebration. It's a, it's a clear mixed message. But I have to say, that's you should do that over the non-celebration as a centre-back. If you want to stick your fingers in the ear and go, this makes up for all my terrible defending, <laughs> um, that's fine. Uh, but yeah. Sticking it to Albania. Anyway, we're, we're yeah. relitigating that one now. It still um, it still irks me, got to say. I'm being petty, but it, it does. Anyway, Norwich. Uh, Norwich got spanked. And, um, I, you know, as I 
guess you'd expect them to based on their results this season. But yeah, they'd had a you know a little upturn in form. The bounce, the bounce is over now, right? Well, maybe not. Uh, maybe it's just a, a more difficult game than the ones that they've bounced in. Um, Bottom yeah, of I mean, the table. They're not going to be allowed to play Brandon Williams against us. So they're really, they've got no chance. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't I, always I, played this season. <laughs> He's not always allowed to play for Norwich. Interesting. I wasn't, I wasn't sure about that loan when it happened because going to a team that's going to be fighting relegation, it's hard to shine. Mm. Although defensively, I guess you could show what you can do. Um, that's going to be the last game that I cover on this podcast. Norwich. Wow. Norwich away. I really timed this badly. Really did. Really did. Yeah. You don't want to, you know, wait until uh, United play uh, City in March. No. no. Norwich no. away. The glory. Yeah. yeah. Very big time. Well, we'll uh, we'll do a big mailbag one for that one, I think. Okay. And yeah, you know, why not? We used to do it until we decided yeah, we that we were just too big for it and we just yeah. didn't want to listen to the plebs that, anymore. That's but right. but plebs Hit us up on Twitter and I guess me up on Twitter since you've yeah. you've uh, you've quit social media, and uh, we'll finally finally answer the question you've always been asking. Oh uh, no, no is is, <laughs> is would you fight a hundred mini sharks? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, one horse sized duck. The number of podcasts I've heard that question on since it was first on ours. I'm not saying we were the first because I'm sure we weren't, but. One horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? I mean, it's really easy for me, that question. Well, we'll wait until next week and you can tell us the answer. No, I'm right now. I'm getting in right now. One horse-sized duck sounds like the most terrifying thing I've ever heard in my life. A hundred duck-sized horses. I mean, if they've got the the strength of a full-grown horse... Then you're in you're real in trouble. trouble. But Otherwise I don't. Just, I think you just kick him around, don't you? Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. You just need you just need a, a net to sweep a net up and scoop them all and dump them over, you know, over the fence and hear them bumping into the fence, neighing. I need to stop doing this podcast now. Ed. <laughs> I've right. gone too far. We'll be back, um, back next week for Young Boys and Norwich chat. Product uh, predictions for those two games. 2-0 against Young Boys and 2-0 against Norwich. Uh, yeah, I think we'll concede one against Young Boys. Um, so I'll go 2-1 in that game. And then I'll, I'm going to say we're going to turn on the style against Norwich and win 4-0. Go out on a bad prediction, awesome. right? Just to keep yeah, up yeah. the Why not? habit of 11 years of podcasting. And and uh, I've pulled out your predictions from the the previous 522 episodes, and we'll, uh-huh. we'll have the aggregate score. <laughs> nice, great. How many how many goals I'm off by in yeah, yeah. The, the history? I, of I the should show. be listening to 500 and something hours of podcasting, including the four hour World Cup specials. <laughs> no, well, they were right. good. They were. They were. They were fun. We wouldn't have done next year's anyway, because God no. That's... It's rough. Are you going to do it? Oh, we could talk about that closer to the no time. No idea. No idea. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Amnesty Amnesty asked people not to boycott coverage. Yes, because this. you want to highlight what's going on. Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess they... If you do that. It didn't really seem to happen uh, at Russia 2018, I have to say. No, but it's funny how the Western media doesn't tend to be as hard on Russia as they are on the Arab world. I wonder. Funny I wonder that. what that could be about. 
Well, we'll uh, we'll cover that later in the year. Next yeah. year, I guess. Uh, you won't, but... I'll uh, enjoy listening to that. We will at some point. And, um, well, um, everyone, thanks for listening. And before we go, Paul's got a point. No, no, no point, no point. Um, I, I, I was going to ask you a question, and I was like, well, I should ask him that off air, so I'm not massively putting him on the spot. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll do that and uh, catch everyone else next week. Oh, yeah. Patreon backers, stay tuned. We're going to talk about football. 